Welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars with Earl and Nancy Stewart. Reach them with your questions at 877-960-9960. Here's Earl and Nancy. Good morning, everybody. Well, that week sure went fast. I cannot believe another Saturday is upon us. And my name is Earl, and I'm a recovering car dealer, and you're listening to Earl Stewart on Cars. Uh, We're a radio show that helps you make your decision when it comes to buying or leasing a car, maintaining or repairing your car. Uh, We're a very unique show. We are candid live talk radio, and you call us, and we respond, and you can text us and email us. Uh, Really an interactive show. And I'm not in the studio alone. We're going out on live Facebook video right now, so if you're watching, you can see some other people in the show, in the studio with me. Uh, we've got uh, Rick Kearney to my right. He's just putting on his headphones or checking Nancy's headphones. And next is Nancy Stewart. Uh, Rick Kearney is our, we call him a certified diagnostic technician. Sometimes, uh, 20 years ago, we used to call him a mechanic. I call him an auto computer scientist. He knows everything there is to know about how to fix a car, maintain a car. Uh, We have lots of folks from all over who call in with problems with their cars. And uh, Rick can diagnose you right online. He is truly uh, an amazing, amazingly talented, uh, intelligent guy. Uh, He's been in the business for 20-plus years. I've known him for 20-plus years. He was learning about cars before I ever even met him. Nancy Stewart is my co-host, and uh, she is our female advocate. And uh, why do I say that? We have found, through a lot of experience and a lot of input, study, that uh, the females don't get the same sort of treatment that males do in automobile showrooms. Uh, When they buy or lease a car, maintain their car, there's a certain amount of discrimination going on. I mean, hashtag uh, Me Too. Uh, there's a whole movement going on now recognizing the fact that females just don't get a fair shake in comparison to males in the world. And I say the world because we probably do a better job of it here in America than any place else. But we still aren't there yet. And we're especially not there treating females with courtesy and respect that they deserve in the automobile showrooms. Thank you for that introduction. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining your Saturday morning with us. No. I was just... I'm going to go ahead and give you that telephone number, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to the recovering car dealer. And Nancy's right is Stu Stewart. also known as Earl Stewart III. I'm Earl Stewart Jr., by the way. And Stu is, um, I'm not sure how to describe him. Uh, He knows almost as much about the car business as I do. And uh, he'll know more shortly, but uh, I've been in it a lot longer. Uh, He knows a whole more about uh, computers than I do. And he knows a whole more about the social media. So he sits there with his uh, Mac and his flying fingers on that keyboard. Inviting uh, people to watch our live video. Exactly. And uh, we're doing Instagram and Snapchat and Facebook and Google. And we're Googling stuff. I mean, uh, it's absolutely amazing. Uh, We are just like a minute organism. And uh, Tina from Bonita Springs is on the line. Hang on, Tina. Let me finish with this introduction, and we'll get right to you. Tina, by the way, is a female caller who is one of the best of the best, and we'll be speaking with Tina in just a couple minutes. Uh, 
we we have learned that we just don't know a whole lot we human beings but we're plugged into something that is phenomenal and it's like infinite knowledge uh, Rick has got a, a laptop in front of him. Stu's got a laptop in front of him. I've got an iPhone. Nancy's got an iPhone. And when we don't know something, what do we do? We Google it. Or we go other places. We started with Google. We can find out about anything. So the, the data explosion is amazing. And that's part of what Stu helps us with right now. On the way to the show this morning, on I-95, I saw a billboard a company advertising how they pay more for your used car trade-in. And so we're going to do a shop. And the only way we're going to do a shop is by computer and, uh, and by taking that information. And it'll be here real time for you to shop this company that we saw a billboard sign on, on I-95. Hopefully. Hopefully, yes. We <laughs> think we will. And uh, we uh, encourage you to call in because, as Nancy will tell you and I will tell you, Rick and Stu will tell you, you truly make the show. And uh, we have callers like Tina. Uh, we have so many callers sometimes, we just can't really spend a fair amount of time with each caller. So please uh, call the show. That's what makes it exciting. Live talk radio. We never know what anyone's going to say. I don't want to keep... Tina, waiting. You are an important part of the show, ladies and gentlemen, and I want to remind the ladies this morning uh, that we do give away $50 for each first two new lady callers. You make the show 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530, and we are going to go to Tina, who is a regular caller. Good morning, Tina. Hi, guys. How are you doing this morning? Good morning, We're well, Tina. thank you. Okay, we got three big recalls. Well, actually, a class action lawsuit settlement and then two big recalls. The big recall that came out yesterday was the Ford F-250 truck. Two million trucks recalled for seatbelt issue that could cause a fire. And then about one million Priuses also have wiring problems that could cause a fire eventually. Most of these cars are in Europe, but there's about 200,000 that are in the United States. So people that have those Priuses will be getting recall notices in the mail. And if you are a second owner of a Prius, I would suggest calling your local dealership to get the straight skinny on that one. But the big one I wanted to talk about was one of my favorite cars, a car I've wanted for a long time but never got because it was a little bit too expensive, was the Subaru WRX and the Subaru WRX STI. I would love to have a WRX at 60. I would. But unfortunately, there's a major defect in the engine, especially in the turbocharged models. The bottom end of the engine just is not strong enough. The interns are not strong enough to deal with the turbo boost. So for 2012 to 2017 models, there's been a class action lawsuit, and Subaru is in the middle of settling that lawsuit. So if you have a Subaru WRX or a Subaru WRX STI and it's between the years 2012 and 2017, I would sit tight and then wait for notification from the dealer or call your dealer for more information. Well, Tina, thank you. Uh, Nancy and I were talking about recalls coming to the studio this morning. And uh, one of the frustrating things to both of us is that when we have these massive recalls, 
all the focus is put on the new cars. And we wonder, what's happening to all the used car buyers out there? Uh, there's a stop sale put on Priuses. Uh, there's probably a stop sale put on the Ford F-250s, uh, probably the Subarus on the new cars. But what about <clears throat> the used cars? Every time a new car gets sold, 10 used cars are being sold. Far more people you know, obviously drive used cars than new cars. But there's no legislation and to uh, stop a dealer from selling any one of these cars, a Subaru or an F-250 or, uh, or, or a Prius, uh, without, you don't even have to disclose it. And uh, as we speak, these cars are being sold to used car buyers, and the legislators are doing nothing about it. Um, We've got a, it's political season right now. Neither party, the Democrats nor the Republicans, want to talk about it, or the independents for that matter. I've heard no one talk about the fact that we have massive numbers of dangerous recalls in automobiles, and yet you can only regulate the new car sale. You do not regulate the used car sale. Makes absolutely no sense. And I think I know why, because of the power of big auto, the power of big dealers, uh, the money that they can pour into the lobbying groups in Washington and the state legislators to, to frighten the politicians from doing something that would hurt them. It, hurt, it would hurt the manufacturers immensely if they made it illegal to sell cars, used cars, that had defective ads. Uh, uh, dangerous safety recalls because the manufacturers would then have to furnish free loaner cars and that would probably double the expense of the recall to the manufacturer that built the car. That's just my opinion but Tina thanks for calling those recalls to our attention and then the uh, last thing I want to say is if you haven't already done this go to safercar.gov www.safercar.gov S-A-F-E-R-C-E-R C-A-R dot G-O-V, www.safercar.gov. That is the National Highway Traffic Safety Association website. All you have to do is put your VIN number in. It's very user-friendly. They've improved it over the past couple of years, I guess because there have been so many recalls. You put your VIN number in. It'll tell you if the, your current car has been recalled, if it has, if it's been fixed, and it'll even tell you if it's been recalled, but there's not a fix available. And for gosh sakes, don't buy a car until you do that. I'd even check a new car just to be on the safe side. But if you're buying a used car, you have to do that. Safercar.gov. Check out that VIN number. And if it flashes up unfixed uh, or a recall, be sure it's fixed before you buy the car. Tina, thank you very much for yeah. another great call. Oh, thank you. And don't forget carcomplaints.com for repair for repair advice and for repair complaints about vehicles too. But the two biggest tools you have before you buy a car, listen to the radio show every weekend from 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time to 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time right here on trueoldies.com. And also go on the Internet and do your homework. Before you buy a car, if you've got your heart set on the car, do your homework. Join a forum of people that own these vehicles. Ask questions. Do your research. Because if you do that, you're like 95% ahead of the used car salesman or the new car salesman. Well, thank you, Tina. I, I bet you that's one of the ways you got so smart. I mean, we have this huge amount of information out there on the Internet. Unfortunately, not everybody is, you know, it depends on the generation. I mean, uh, 
folks in my generation, I have a lot of friends that just don't have a clue about Google or Facebook and the rest of these things. But if you have a grandchild or a son or a daughter that can help you with this, you get on the Internet, and as uh, Tina just said, carcomplaints.com, find a chat room of uh, for Subaru owners or, or Honda owners or Ford owners. You can do something just like saying, I have a 19... Uh, or I have a two, there's my age, a 19, I'm talking about 2012, 2016 Ford Fusion that has a squeak in the back. You can put that in Google, and suddenly you will find hundreds of people that have the same problem with the same car, and there'll be a lot of information exchange, and there'll be some knowledgeable people on these chat rooms that will give you tips how to fix your car. You can actually get a car diagnosis right online without having to go into a car dealer. So, uh, Tina, you're extremely knowledgeable and uh, the most uh, the best thing you told us was get online and find some answers uh, without having to take your car into a car dealership or a mechanic you know you obviously have to take it there to get it fixed but better to identify the problem before you let them identify the problem oh exactly and again one more plug for your show for your show true oldies on the east on the west coast of Florida eight 8 a.m. Eastern, I can't, I can't even say it. 8 a.m. <laughs> Eastern Standard Time to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time every Saturday morning. That's great advice. Bless your heart, Tina. Priceless. We're going to put you on the payroll. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Bless you so your much, heart Tina. From, from one senator to another, I guess. Have a great weekend. <laughs> uh, that uh, recent Prius recall over a million cars, I believe that yeah. is from... Uh, 2016 to 2018 with the uh, wire harness yeah. uh, that's uh, connected in the car catching fire. Yeah, and they might catch fire. Yeah, yeah yep. so, uh, well, I'll tell you what, as Earl said, uh, we have reached a time in our lives where there's so much information right at your fingertips. Ladies and gentlemen, you are an important part of the show, so give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And remember, our new YourAnonymousFeedback.com, uh, a site that uh, website that Earl came up with, and uh, it's been phenomenal. And we appreciate all of you responding to your anonymous feedback.com. We're going to go to Bill, who's been holding. He's calling from Lakeland. Good morning, Bill. Good morning. How are you? Well, thank you. How are you? Well, um, I've been I've been watching your stuff on YouTube, and I, I really enjoy your uh, your podcast on on YouTube. Thank you. Unfortunately, I don't have a television. Um, here's my situation. Okay, I I was put uh, out of service. I can't work anymore, so I've been put into. Uh, I'm on. Social Security disability, mm-hmm. and during the time that I was uh, out of work and, and didn't have any money coming in, the car that I had financed got repossessed because I couldn't make the payments. Obviously, mm-hmm. okay. So I'm in the I'm in the position where I, I make I only get sixteen hundred and forty five dollars a month, to, and that's got to pay everything, okay, for for me to do what I got to do. So, and I need a car desperately because I don't have a car, mm-hmm. okay. Um, and I don't have a, a big downslide to put down, and I don't like to buy here, pay here lots like you were talking about. Sure. What the hell can What the hell can I tell like you do with? I mean, what, what exactly can I do? Because I know I know my my credit's in the tank. I know that already. Okay. 
Well, Bill, uh, let me say this. I, you know, I, I don't know how much personal information you want to talk about on the air, but I, we find that a lot of people think that their credit is a lot worse than it really is. Uh, over the past, say, 10 or 15 years, maybe 20, the lending institutions have learned that people are prone to make their car payments before they'll make any other payment. So car buyers are better credit risk than even home buyers. People will actually allow their home to be foreclosed upon before they'll let their car be repossessed. And that's because their car is more important to them. Uh, think about it. Uh, you know, you can't drive your car to work or to the hospital or the pharmacy, but uh, you can sleep in your car. I mean, a car becomes a home for some people. So the, the lenders have loosened up on their criteria for um, uh, affording credit to people that think they have bad credit. Uh, we see people with Beacon scores, FICA scores, uh, at 500, maybe even below 500, that they will finance. Now, the caveat is that you pay a very high interest rate. But oftentimes, you can go to a conventional lending institution without having to go to one of these buy-here, pay-here lots uh, in one of these companies that specializes in bad credit. Because typically, they're going to give you the maximum legal credit or interest rate that you have that you can pay. You'll be paying 30% or more sometimes to finance a car. So my first advice to you is check with a local bank. You can also check with a credit union. I know you're not employed, but you can still join a credit union. Uh, there's a nominal fee and individuals that are not even employed can actually be members of the credit unions. The credit union typically has better rates than even the banks. So check with a conventional lender before you have to go to <coughs> what we call secondary subprime financing. Uh, if you have to go to secondary sub subprime, you're probably better off to work through a dealership that is a conventional dealer rather than a buy here, pay here. Uh, now there are exceptions. There's some really legitimate um, buy here, pay here, secondary uh, lender type uh, dealerships out there. One of them is uh, was it Easy Buy, oh, Bill? Easy Pay Cars. Easy Pay Cars in Stewart, Florida. I know you're in Lakeland, so I I don't have information on Lakeland. Uh, but check with a conventional dealership first. Tell them you want to try to be conventionally financed, and then uh, find out what your what your Beacon score is. And just take it from there. Uh, have you tried yet, uh, Bill? Have you have you made an effort? Have you been turned down by a, a lender? Oh yeah, I've tried several. I've tried several of these buyer payer lots you know, over the internet thing. You know, yeah. you, you fill out a credit app and send it in, and they say, "Well, we can get you finance, but you're going to have to have two thousand dollars down." I said, "The car is only four thousand mm -hmm. dollars. That's half the part of the car. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have that kind of money down." Yeah. I also checked with my bank, and my bank said no go because uh, because of the, the credit. Now, I, I have talked to one dealership. It's called OK Cars up here. They're, they've got several around the around the state, but mm -hmm. um, and. It, this guy owns like a gazillion dealerships. He's got a BMW dealership, Harley Davidson dealership, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Dodge dealership, a uh, uh, Jeep dealership, uh, you know, a Toyota dealership, and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And they they told me that you know if you buy a car through us, you know, I've already been approved for the financing there. Okay, but I've seen all this, uh, really a lot of bad um, markups on the on the internet when I talk about you know what people call it to do uh, what do they say uh, I forget what they call it. Uh, Reviews, I guess it is. Mm -hmm. A lot of bad reviews on there. Yeah, yeah. And but but the way this dealership works is what they said. They said if you make your payments for twelve months, 
on time for 12 months that they'll you can go to Toyota their Toyota dealership and finance through Toyota. You know, I guess they got something worked out. I don't know how the hell that works. Well, you can't you you can't establish credit for a conventional lender at a lower rate if you make your payments on time to these buy-year payer lots, you should always be sure that they do report to the credit bureau. A lot of these don't report to the credit bureau. They just want to keep you on the uh, on the pay uh, to keep coming right. back to them over and over again. But uh, if they do, be sure they do report to the credit bureau, you make your payments on time. I'm not sure 12 months is enough time. Southeast Toyota Finance has a program if you make 12 payments on an existing car loan. That greatly improves your chances. There could be if you have something really awful on there, <laughs> then maybe that yeah. they might uh, not yeah. not yeah. give you the loan. Yeah. But yeah, that's true. But you could do well, that. I, I also, also the I'm sorry. No, the other thing is to uh, save up a little bit and buy a really inexpensive car. It's a gamble, but you know there are cars out there that have. Uh, terrible cosmetic, uh, you, know, they, they, you know, they need a paint job, they've been wrecked, uh, but not too seriously. Uh, there, are, there are safe cars out there that no one wants to buy. And we have, I remember during Cash for Clunkers years ago, uh, we were selling cars for scrap uh, under the Cash for Clunkers program for 750 and $1,000 that were perfectly good cars that you could drive. Mm-hmm. So if you look hard enough, and have the car checked out by a mechanic, because you wouldn't want to just take a dealer's word for it. You might find a car for a thousand dollars that it would look terrible, and you wouldn't be proud of it, but it would get you to work and back, or get you to the doctor and back, or get you to the pharmacy and back. And there are a few cars out there. Uh, you can search on AutoTrader.com. They got just about every car available. Uh, how many cheap cars do they have on AutoTrader, Stu? Oh gosh, the, every car that's for sale in yeah. the world is on there yeah. from hundred dollars to hundred thousand. Exactly, and uh, uh, that's what I would do. These are wholesale cars. They're typically brought to the auction. Uh, every dealer has them. Uh, so what we do is we take all the cars that th- we think would be very difficult to sell, and we take them to the auction and we sell them. But as I say, a few of these cars would be better than not having a car at all and might actually be reliable. So uh, that's the best advice I can give you, Bill. I'm sorry. Yeah. All right, well, that's no problem. I have one more question for sure. you, though. Sure, if, if, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, I get these things in the mail about your your car uh, warranty is about to expire, blah, 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 you know, to hire to... Yeah. Uh, they go through them. Are they all legit? Just out of curiosity. They're, they're all scams. They're uh, uh, manufacturers. Uh, anybody that sends manufacturers don't do this, uh, and it's usually to scare you into thinking that you have to have a warranty on your car. Uh, throw them in the trash can. Everything that gets listing a warranty in the mail or online is a scam. That's what I figured. It is pretty much junk. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate it. I enjoy your your podcast. Unfortunately, you know I'm. Uh, well, I good luck. Good luck to you, Bill. In, and, you know and keep in touch. Go text us if you if you still strike out. Text us, and maybe I can give you some advice, and maybe make a few specific suggestions for you. But good luck on finding the car. Yeah. Hey, Bill, I know how uh, important be, it is. Yeah, maybe, before you go, maybe I'm, horse and buggy. <laughs> yeah. Bill, Bill, before you go, uh, um, this uh, might be an avenue you might want to explore. And that's Consumer Report, the 2018 uh, Auto Edition. 
uh, is uh, filled with so much information, it's unbelievable. And there's some real deals uh, that you can look for as far as a used car is concerned. Uh, but it is definitely worth your while to take a look into uh, the auto issue of Consumer Report. Uh, that's the 2018, where they have uh, uh, everything from the best used cars to the uh, recalls and safety uh, updates and uh, used cars, the best used cars. And uh, for, uh, you know, under um, 20000 under 10000 So it's worth picking that uh, issue up and taking a look at it. So good luck. Uh, with your, uh, well, investigation on finding a used car that would be conducive yeah. to your financial situation. Okay, well, I appreciate it. I know, I know my, my beacon scores. I already know what they are. I mean, they're five, one's 566, the other one's five, 545, and one of those four something, because they are all three of the credit bureaus, you know, because I've got somebody working on my credit trying to fix it up. But, uh-huh, very um, good. But, I mean, I know what that stuff is, but I'm just saying, I'm just having a hell of a time finding anybody that's willing to begin to deny with, with a low down payment, you know yeah, what I'm you, You've got a few restrictions there, and I understand completely. Uh, living on a fixed income right now uh, in your situation, you know, it poses a, a, a bit of a problem, but it is solvable. Uh, all I can do is wish you a lot of luck and keep on looking. But pick up yeah. that consumer well, I appreciate report. It. Thank you. You're welcome. You're a very important part of the show, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of ways you can spend your Saturday morning. We thank you for joining us right here at the True Oldies Channel, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And that text number again is 772-497-6530. Six five three zero. You know, we're getting as many texts now, sometimes more texts than we do calls. 772-497-6530. And we have a text. I think uh, Stu can read that to us. We do. Text says, Earl, I've heard you many times refer to auto tag agency fee as just another dealer fee. This one probably throws even the most skeptical and educated buyer off because dealers do not appear to calculate sales tax on them therefore not appearing to be another dealer fee. Additionally, most buyers might think this is legit because auto tag agencies do actually charge a fee for their services. Uh, What is the actual cost of dealers for transferring a title and registering a vehicle? How can a consumer find out for themselves what this cost should be to them ahead of time to avoid getting ripped off? A great question. And uh, again, never underestimate the ingenuity of a car dealer to come up with something that sounds legitimate that's not. Uh, Fee is the key word. Everything is a fee. Fee seems to indicate government and legitimacy, but fee is strictly, when it comes to car dealers, profit to the dealer. And uh, pure profit. Uh, Auto tag agencies exist, and they are uh, companies that do a service for the dealer. Car dealers used to have uh, in their own accounting department, a title clerk that did all the work, which was the preparation of the registration and the, and the license plate. So these tag agency companies sprouted up oh, 15, 20 years ago, and now they're totally commonplace with the advent of the computer uh, so that these tag agency uh, companies can do the work of the title clerk in car dealerships. So the car dealerships were able to save themselves a lot of money. Uh, by not having to have the title work, uh, c- uh, title clerk do the work of 
paperwork preparation. They subbed it out to somebody called the uh, ABC Tag Agency or South Florida Tag Agency or uh, you know whatever tag agency company. There are a lot of them out there. They're all making profits. And the fee they charge the dealer is somewhere between 10 and 15 bucks. Probably cost them five times that to have their title clerk do it. So they saved a lot of money by going to the outside tag agency fees. And then one dealer said, hey, I got a great idea. Saving money isn't enough. Let's make money. We will lie to our customers, tell them this is an official fee, and we will charge them, which will not only cover the cost of the auto tag agency, but it will make a more profit for us. So now preparing the title work, for the sale of a car is a profitable operation. So that goes into the profit on the car. <coughs> it's a game that we've uncovered maybe the last five years. Yeah, It's like a shell game with the name of the dealer fees. Last week we saw one that had a line item on the buyer's order that said dealer fee zero, but then like tag yeah. agency oh, yeah. fee. So it looked like they weren't charging a dealer fee. Very good. They yeah. just changed the name and put them yeah. somewhere else. Electronic filing fee is another name, e-filing fee, and they twist it around. But the only thing that you will always see is fee. They love fee. Uh, on our mystery shopping report, and I'm not going to reveal the name of the mystery shop that we did this afternoon. Uh, we'll, we'll try to keep you listening until the last half hour. But uh, this particular dealer had something interesting. He had something that said fees that we paid sales tax on. What was it? Tax taxable fees. Taxable fees. Yeah. So <clears throat> it's an interesting term, taxable fees. And if it's taxable and it's a fee, it's not a dealer fee. I mean, it is a dealer fee. If it's, if anything that is taxable that's a fee is a dealer fee. So a dealer fee is a generic term. A lot of dealers, most dealers don't <coughs> call it a dealer fee. The, something else, it'll be kind of an obvious dealer fee. And then the little ones... Like e-filing face too. Yeah, I just I just thought of something it, it, specifically for this this text question. Because it's not taxed on the buyer's order, that doesn't mean the dealer isn't paying the sales tax yes. to the state um, for that fee. It's yes. just it's hiding it from you. Yes. So if they're mark if it costs them ten dollars and they mark it up to one ninety nine, yes. they can still pay sales tax on that um, on the one, on the ten dollars and not pass it on to you. And still make yeah. money. Yeah, they, they could, and, and it's very serious not to pay sales tax on profit. So uh, what Stu is saying is they're still paying sales tax on it, but they may not show it to you. They may absorb the sales tax rather than clue you in to the fact that they are paying sales tax. Unfortunately, 99 out of 100 buyers don't know that if you pay sales tax on a fee that it's a dealer fee. So uh, I think we beat that one to death, but... Um, it was a good question. It's a subtle kind of a nuance that a lot of people don't understand about dealer fees. And I think we have a couple more texts. Uh, Nancy, let's get the uh, information out there. You've got a comment. Yeah, that uh, information that you need to reach us, first of all, first two new lady callers, you bring yourself $50. So the lines are open, and we're waiting for your call, 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And ladies, remember, you have to give us a call at 877-960-9960 in order to win that $50. Uh, Earl, do you, do you have a text? I have one. Uh, I'll let you go first. Okay, well, you go first. Okay. Uh, this here is a two-part question, and it is from a young lady named Ma Madeline. And uh, she asks about her sensors. 
on her vehicle, you know, the cameras and radar and all the equipment that help your car uh, uh, work correctly. Uh, she wants to know how she can keep them clean. And the second part of the question is that she uh, wants to know if there are any companies that are developing ways to let them clean themselves. And I, uh, th it's not part of my job description, Madeline, so I can't explain that to you. Uh, I believe that uh, Rick could answer this question or Earl could answer the question. I can't answer it. I've never cleaned my sensors. St Rick? Uh, really, cleaning the sensors is going to be part of wa having your car washed and, and detailed. And there's really not a whole lot that can be done for them. Uh, the higher quality cameras and sensors, most of these now are cameras. And thankfully, the more most important ones, like for pre-collision, are inside the car, so they're protected. But something I've actually noticed on a lot of cars with backup cameras, as they're getting older just like the headlights on the cars they're getting cloudy because it's a polycarbonate I'm lens getting a vision car dealers are going to start selling sensor cleaning in the sensor future. cleaning if yes. you're listening same you thing go. with the headlight running. restoration <laughs> now bear in mind folks um i i foolishly i went ahead and tried this one time toothpaste does not clean up cloudy headlights and it won't work on those camera lenses either if you're if it's if you're a do-it-yourselfer type, or you've got a say a, a a young person, a teenager in your house looking to make a few extra dollars on their allowance or something, go down to the auto parts store and get a professional headlight cleaning kit by one of the better companies, 3M, of course, one of the best companies for any of these products, and have them use that, and obviously in a much smaller scale on that camera lens. But test it first on the headlights to make sure that it's going to clean up well. And that's pretty much the best thing if, if they're starting to fade out and get cloudy. Okay, Rick, can you answer the second part of that question? Uh, what companies are developing uh, a way to uh, have the uh, sensors clean themselves? Uh, not many because, unfortunately, well, I won't even say unfortunately. It's Remember, there were some luxury cars that came out with the ideas of cleaning self-cleaning headlights mm -hmm. they would actually have little washer fluid sprayers and even little wiper arms actual like little windshield wipers Hated on this. the headlights yeah they were they were horrible they didn't work it was very expensive for those little blades because you could only get them usually from that dealer because they were such a niche market that nobody made them after market so there's really no real option to try to clean have a a self-cleaning device for a camera lens that's about the size of a dime. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it, unfortunately, it's not something that they're normally going to have. But by regular maintenance of your car, having it cleaned and detailed every so often, and of course, the best option, especially here in Florida, if you can, park your car in a garage. Great Keep it out of the sun for the times when you're not using it, and that will make those things last probably for the life of the car or then some. Madeline, I hope that Rick uh, answered your question, and thank you so much for the text. Her text number again is 772-497-6530, and you certainly can give us a call. As I always say, you do make the show, 877-960-9960, and I believe the recovering car dealer has a few texts. Yeah, I think, I, I think we've got a couple of texts. Uh, Stu will read another one. 
We do. Uh, we have Steve in New Jersey asks. He says, many cars now state the transmission oil never has to be replaced and the transmission is sealed. Even if the transmission oil is long-lasting, should the internal transmission filters be changed to remove the metal particles that inevitably accumulate over time? That's a right question. And again, no, because believe it or not, most of these cars now don't have an actual filter <laughs> per se that can be replaced. They have a metal screen that will catch 90% of that stuff and also magnets down in the oil pan that will catch those metal particles and prevent them magnets? from traveling. Oh, yes. Really? Simple little magnets. Science. Well, it, it, it's such a simple answer. You've got metal. Put a magnet in there. Metal goes to the magnet, never comes off. Brilliant. But on these cars with the what they call the lifetime fluid, bear in mind that even with that lifetime fluid, in conditions of what manufacturers will call harsh use or those that tow, say if you have a pickup like myself, and if you do tow a trailer or something quite often, carry heavy loads often, you still should consider having that fluid changed out, say at around every 100,000 miles. Uh, and again, uh, for a lot of people, 100,000 miles may be the life of how long they keep that car. So it may be that is the life of lifespan for your car. And if you have a, a, an older car that you're keeping at 100,000 and go to a good, reputable shop that you know will do the job properly and will stand behind their work, because a lot of these modern cars, that fluid level has to be exact within a few ounces. If it isn't, it causes those transmissions to act very, very odd and can damage them. All right, good information. All right, Steve, I hope that answers your question. we got one more text. Uh, this is anonymous. Uh, preparing the title work for the car, is that something the car dealer must do? I guess I am confused over what is required when purchasing a car. Can I just pay for the car and do the paperwork with the DMV on my own? Well, the, uh, you, you certainly, um, I don't think you can. Um, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a problem. Um, the state of Florida, and I'm speaking for Florida, i got to remember now, we're talking to a lot of folks out there in oh, all 50 states. Uh, in Florida, they closed down a lot of the motor vehicle departments. And uh, I'm thinking that it is a um, very difficult task to actually have your own paperwork done. As far as you having to pay for it, um, you have to pay the Department of Motor Vehicles for the registration and license plate. That you can't get away from. Paying the dealership for preparing your paperwork is another story because that comes under the category of dealer fees. So I think what you're probably referring to are tag agency fees, electronic filing fees. These are taxable fees, which I said earlier in the show means dealer fee. Uh, the only fees that you should pay when you buy a car with respect to your paperwork are the ones that are paid to the state, whatever state you live in. If it goes directly to the state, it's a legitimate government fee. Uh, it's accepted that you should pay that, and that is not an overhead expense allowable uh, for the dealer. But everything else the dealer does pays commissions, he pays his telephone bill, he pays his title clerk, he pays his tag agency fee, he pays his e-filing fee. You have to pay sales tax on that. The state of Florida defines that as profit to the dealer. 
and it's supposed to be disclosed when you sell a car, I mean advertise a car, it's supposed to be included in the advertised price. Unfortunately, dealers don't do that. But, yeah, you have to absorb um, the uh, government fees, and it is not going to save you time or money, really, to seek out the Department of Vehicles and have the work done yourself, because you'd have to pay the same fee that the dealer pays. I think that answers, that answers the question. The question. <laughs> I, f- I forgot it was a texture. I thought it was yes. a guy on the line. <laughs> That's okay. it for the text. We're, we're caught Stu, up. Stu, do you have a, another? No, text? we're all caught up. Okay, great. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, is, is this amazing? This information that we have here within us in the studio is priceless. But guess what is more priceless? You being part of the show and helping us along there's a lot that we don't know and we depend on you so give us a call 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 and we do have another caller and it is our most favorite caller john from palm city good morning john Good morning to everyone. I have a real good one about not paying fees and dealers and additional <coughs> expenses that they didn't do. Um, one of the largest dealers in the New York City area, right in Queens, they have three franchises. One that's the most famous is Major Chevrolet, right on Northern Boulevard, a stone's throw from Manhattan by the 59th Street Bridge. Well, in 2017, the Department of Consumer Affairs find them, that's the executives of it, Harold and Bruce Bendel, over $2 million in fines, wow. inflating prices, deceptive ads, targeting low-income buyers, etc., etc., uh, including fees added, and then it gets worse. They had a $2 million fine. Now, in August of 2018, for their 2009 Form 1120 gross receipt taxes of a million four hundred seventeen thousand eight hundred dollars then they're now in deep trouble again because payroll taxes of two over mil, of over two million which they all plead the executives are no longer with them now uh, they pleaded guilty <laughs> this is to a this. criminal organization <laughs> the fine hasn't been coming out yet so i mean it just shows you some of the dealers how they operated this is a large dealer in new york city been around for a long time and it's been going on for years and now they go back as far as on their taxes the gross receipt tax form 1120 and check them out and there's further digging in that they're going to do but the no longer those executives the owners actually of that dealership are there i think it is probably in a process major if you can google it major automotive group in new york city so, I mean, this, this gets worse. Uh, for, I've seen this 56 years living in New York City. I mean, I, I mentioned some other things in the past. Vic Potamkin from Miami, mm-hmm. he totally lost his Cadillac <clears throat> franchise for games that he played, setting odometers back. And then Earl knows about McNamara Pontiac yeah. on Long Island, almost completely bankrupt. GMAC, yeah, huge. and it was other incidents as a caddy dealer in the Bronx. The kid Ron, they actually didn't take it away from him, but they swapped him yeah. from a dealer in Westchester County. So it goes on and on and on, and that's why the dealers are on the bottom, as Earl said, with the politicians 
who some of them proved who they are this week uh, on the hearings. But uh, it's 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 unbelievable, and you can see why their ratings are down in the gutter the way they are on the bottom of the list. Well, I salute the regulators and the legislators in New York for having the courage to go after car dealers. Car dealers are like insurance companies. They're, they're big, big, well-financed because they team with the auto manufacturers. The auto manufacturers to protect the dealers, and the, uh, the dealers themselves control uh, a whole lot of politicians. Uh, the National Automobile Dealers Association is a giant lobbying organization in Florida. The Florida Automobile Dealers Association is giant lobbying. And there are blatant crimes being committed by car dealers in Florida right now. And Pam Bondi has, has, does not have the courage to go after them. Why? Because the Florida Automobile Dealers Association helped get her elected. And there's very few politicians in Florida that have the nerve to go after car dealers. They realize that without their support financially, they can't get elected. Uh, the same thing with the Takata airbag problem. But the regulators in New York, they have the courage, and the legislators have the courage also to call a spade a spade. They see a crooked dealer, and they punish him. So um, uh, it's uh, a terrible statement about the dealer, but it's a positive statement about the government of New York. Well, Earl, you're on the button right away. The uh, Consumer Affairs is on top of a lot of this. It started years ago with a woman called Bess Myerson, mm -hmm. and many of the attorney generals who have to be credited yeah. to going after these dealers, one of them actually was known as the sheriff of Wall Street, <laughs> but they don't take this nonsense. And if we had that in Florida, it would be a lot better, and these dealers wouldn't be get away with the actual uh, fanatics and uh, maneuvering that they do. Exactly. So, uh, kudos to New York City for getting after these people and shutting them down. Yes. That's right. Thank you, John. Really appreciate your call. You're one of our most informative callers. We call. learn something every week. Thank you. Thank you, John. We look forward to hearing from you next week uh, to John's point about the uh, car dealers being fourth from the bottom. Here we are. We fall between the politicians, uh, excuse me, the congressmen and the lobbyists. And this is where we've been raided. Uh, and on honesty and ethics, and it's it's really a shame. But here we are at Earl Stewart on cars. You know, we're fighting this one dealer at a time, and uh, a, a part of the work that we do is the mystery shopping report, and you want to stay tuned for that. That is going to come up the, uh, I would say, maybe the last uh, 45 minutes of the show, hopefully. Give us a call tool-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us, text us at 772-497-6530. You make the show. We're going to take a call from Stuart. Uh, welcome to the show. Ildico. Yes, good Good morning. Yes, my name is Ildico. Good Ildico. morning. Ildico. Beautiful name. Yes. Beautiful name. Lovely. Mm -hmm. What can we, you're a new caller, correct? Yes, I just accidentally came across your show, and I'm very happy to hear it. Oh. I have an important question. We, too, are very I happy to hear from you. I have a 2012 Kia that only had 64,000 miles, and after a long-distance drive, it shuddered and shaked and just completely stopped. Oh. So it took them quite a while to diagnose it at the Kia dealership, and they said that the engine had seized and it's under warranty, and it says it's going to take two to three months to replace the engine. Hmm. Now, the question is, once they replace the engine... How good is this car going to be? 
Uh, let me say this before I turn it over to Rick uh, Ildico. Um, two to three months to replace an engine sounds uh, ridiculous. And, uh, it does. It's on back order, they say. Yeah, uh, you mind telling me which uh, Kia dealer you're dealing with? Oh, it's a horrible one. It's down. I, I was down in Hollywood. Hollywood. I wasn't in my in my area. It's a Hollywood Kia dealership. They don't even answer the phone half the time. I would recommend that you try another Kia dealership, uh, maybe a couple. I mean, a simple question: describe your year, make, model, car, the problem, and ask them how long it, it will take them to get you an engine under warranty. And then I would also call the Kia manufacturer directly. They have an 800 yes, number. Yes, I've dealt with them. Yes. Have you? Uh, but it, it's uh, it's absolutely crazy to take two to three months. I mean, they're, apparently they're having to get the engine from uh, uh, Korea. And I uh, guess, so, yeah. I, guess uh, and I asked if I could have it uh, towed to my dealership up here, where I've always had the maintenance for six years. I bought it new, yeah. and they said then we'd have to start a whole new ticket, and and you know it'd take longer, and blah blah blah. And the other uh, suggestion I would have is to demand a free loaner car while they are waiting. I have that, yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Well, that takes some of the pressure off, but uh, I think you can expedite that if you uh, if you try to. Uh, Check with other Kia dealers and direct, and you've already done the manufacturer, but uh, try another uh, couple of Kia dealers and see what uh, they can do for you. Uh, it's not something it would normally carry in stock in their parts department, so they should order it, but there should be warehouses around the country that would stock those. Uh, Rick Kearney is our auto computer scientist here. Rick, can you shed any further light on that? Yeah, uh, I, I haven't really heard anything big about Kia having engine issues. However, there is a recall. There is a recall, but they said uh, my VIN number is not on there. Yeah. Well, what I I would pretty much assume that what's happening is this may be something similar like to our Camry dashboard situation where they wound up with so many cars needing these parts and a lot of manufacturers now do what they call just-in-time manufacturing. In other words, they don't build a huge number of engines and have them sitting in a in a warehouse waiting to go to these cars on the assembly line they are producing the engines at about the same rate as producing the cars so as an engine arrives at the factory it's dropped right into a car so it's hard sometimes for them yeah. to be able to come up with extra yeah, engines yeah but that's that's still ridiculous they, 2 to 3 months that's just yeah uh, well that that's why i wonder if if they have so many going bad so fast if there were that many we would have heard about it may have a hard it, time yeah. Yeah. yeah we would have heard yeah. about it uh, here's another thought uh Ildico, is uh the Hyundai and the Kia share sometimes parts and uh they even share model cars uh this is a real long shot but you might ask the question, if, there are, if there's a Hyundai engine, it's the same owner of the, uh, of the manufacturers uh, that uh, might possibly... Well, they may not be able to do that because, like, if it's a warranty situation, like, we, we couldn't be able to get a Lexus motor... Yeah, I said it was a long ...to shot. put into a Toyota, yeah. even under warranty. Yeah, I said it was a long shot. Yeah. So, well, it's... That's it, a tough one. If she has to wait two or three months, that's something to do while you're waiting. And uh, keep us posted, Delta Go. I'm glad you have a loaner car. That's the key. But one important question, sir, please. Yeah. If, w it, well, when they replace the engine, how, I mean, how oh, safe yeah. will it be? 
Uh, it should be totally reliable. Uh, uh, an engine problem is contained within the engine. You get a new engine. Uh, what you ought to be concerned about is if they were going to repair it instead of replace it. If they replace it with a brand new engine, uh, you'll you'll have the complete warranty that you had before, and it will be as good or it'll be a better engine. Got to be brand new. Uh, you don't have anything to worry about on that score. Right, especially oh, since okay. the I fact that, that what whatever issue they had with those engines. They will have fixed that problem now on the new engines coming out because they don't obviously they don't want to put an engine in your car then have to replace it again. So they're going to have it updated and it's going to be an even better engine. And being brand new, it it'll even be a lot better for your car. So there's oh, there's it, it that's a that's not a that's a win situation all the way around for you. Oh, good. Thank you very much, gentlemen. I appreciate your input. Thank if you'd you. like to stay on the line, you're a first-time female caller. Yes, I am, yes. I have $50 for you. If you could leave Yay. your information with John. Thank you. I can mail yes. that out to you. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We're going to go straight to Connie, who's calling from Tequesta. Hi, Connie. Hi, good morning. Um, I have um, a crazy situation. I don't know if it pertains to anything that you're dealing with right now on the radio. Um, I would like to know, why is it so easy for a woman to get sucker punched when she comes in to purchase a car? I've been put into a very, very disgusting situation that I cannot trade in my car because of falling for the the salesman who, um, I guess, obviously, they all lie to you, and I went along with it like an idiot, and um, I, I... I tried to reach out to an attorney. I tried to reach out to this one, that one, and the other one. Bottom line, um, I'm stuck with the deal that I made. And I was just over at Toyota the other day. I'm so upside down on this car that uh, I'm going to take this car to my grave. And right now I'm like 68 years old, and I'm not a very happy camper. Well, I'm sorry. So uh, I heard your radio station this morning, and I was like, let me see if I can put it out there. And maybe, I don't know. I don't know. It's such a shame when a woman walks into a showroom all by herself, and she trusts in the salesman to steer her the right way, and all they're looking for is a profit. Connie, I know Nancy is chomping at the bit here. She's turned bright red, and... Uh, Steve she just ha- she's going to uh, she's going to have to give her uh, give you some advice and uh, here it comes. Uh, Connie, you know uh, if you really want to hit this uh, dealership where it hurts, uh, filing a complaint against the dealership or the repair shop, making it known, letting your voice be heard, uh, knowledge is power, and putting that out there, you would be helping other women. You know uh, all. Dealerships are, are, are not bad. Uh, these things do happen. They happen a little less now than they did before. But as I always say, not every car dealership has gotten the memo. This is the 21st century. Things are done differently. We're not living in the 50s. No one should be 
asking you to look at a makeup mirror. So with that said, uh, I just continue to fight the fight and uh, get what you want. And if you don't, there are certain measures that you can take uh, to let this, de let this dealership know that you're very unhappy. And that's by filing the... What, um, what kind of measures can I take? I already sent them certified letters. I tried to get in touch with an attorney who was very helpful, but I cannot hire him. He's like $350 an hour. Mm -hmm. He advised me on what to do. He advised me of the Federal Act Law in Florida, uh, 501, 201, blah, 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 blah. And uh, bottom line, I keep hitting a brick wall because a legal aid won't pick it up. And um, uh, I, I just want them to right the wrong that they did. And I haven't heard from the manager over at the uh, Nissan dealer. I'm going to say who it is because I don't think anyone should buy from them ever again. I traded in my Toyota Corolla of nine years to those people over there, and boy, oh, boy, did I get swirled around. Um, so I don't know what other measure to take. I, I really don't. I, I, I called the Better Business Bureau. Uh, I don't know what other measure to take. Which what Nissan dealer Connie, was it? Yeah. Connie, give me give us the name of the Nissan dealer. That's one thing you can do is tell twenty thousand people listening to this radio show the name of the dealer it's and where the, it's located. It's the Nissan dealer over on Blue Heron Boulevard. I'm oh. going to tell you exactly the story. Okay, do you have time to hear my story? Sure, sure. Okay, I I leased the Nissan Sentra for two years. And my concern was that when my lease was going to be up at the third year, that I would have nothing to actually trade back in. So one day when I was over at the dealership uh, getting an oil change, I wandered into the uh, showroom, you know, you know how you wander around. And the, the uh, salesman who originally was the person who leased me the car, uh, I want you to know I went from a $230 a month payment to a $310 a month payment. He says to me, oh, he says, if you buy the car out right now, he says, you can buy the car out. He says, and then after a year, he says, you'll have something to trade in for a new car. I was like, really? I said, I can buy it out after two years. He goes, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, stupid me got sucked into it. And before you know it, my payment's $310. One year to date, I tried to trade my car in over at the Jeep dealer only to find out that my car is not worth what my loan is. Yes. I was devastated, yeah. devastated that's, that's that I terrible. have all this negative equity in my car yes. till today. Like I said, Earl, I was just over at your dealership the other day talking to one of your salesmen, and he came up with the same story. Yeah. I don't know. Why I allowed this to happen, I feel like an idiot, a total fool, but I allowed it to happen because I took his advice, mm -hmm. Connie, and, Connie, I, 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 and I'm stuck. Connie, you're not alone. Uh, I have to stress to you, please don't feel, you know, like you were an idiot. Uh, you, you know, the shrewdest, smartest person can be taken advantage of in the dealership, and there is power. 
uh, in numbers. Uh, but as I, before I turn this question over to Earl, I can't emphasize to you enough how you can hurt these dealerships. I'm saying dealerships, plural, uh, because it happens in more than just Nissan. And filing a complaint against the dealership or the repair shop that you dealt with, I'll tell you what, it puts these guys on notice, and that is a mark against them. I mean, I can't wipe away exactly what happened to you. What but, happened, yeah. yeah but what, but you I can do something to? about I, the I future. I even wrote to the CEO of Nissan. I try to get in touch with the, uh, the finance company, the CEO of Nissan. I sent a certified letter to the... Uh, the manager over at West Palm Beach Nissan, and I, <laughs> I'm still sitting I understand. Here. Yeah. I understand. I've, you've dotted your I's and you've crossed your T's, definitely. That, completing that consumer uh, complaint form is worth its weight in gold. I'll turn the call over to Earl now. Yeah, uh, Connie, you. Connie, you, you could do this also. You can, you can uh, file a complaint with the Attorney General's office. Uh, I'm not proud of the job Pam Bondi is doing up there, but they're required to respond to complaints. Too few people actually go through the complaint process. It's a little tedious, frankly. And uh, if you want to write this website down, it's FloridaCarDealerComplaints.com, www.FloridaCarDealerComplaints.com. On that website, I posted complaint forms you can download for the Attorney General's office, also for the Florida Office of Consumer Affairs, and there's a third one on there that I have. Uh, did you pull it up, Stu? Okay. Uh, well, if you go to EarlOnCars.com, um, there's a link that says File a Car Dealer Complaint, and there's several things, and you listed a few. I'm pulling it up right now. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you, you will have three complaints that you can fill out, download and fill out. Uh, and I know you've already called the manufacturer. Unfortunately, the manufacturers don't do much. Uh, they will notify the dealers directly. By the way, that dealership has changed hands. It used to be owned by Ed Napleton. And uh, you said you bought this car several years ago. Uh, recently, 2014, the exactly. That, yeah. that was Napleton Nissan, right? And yeah. now it's West Palm Beach Nissan, yeah. yes. And there's a whole different manager. A man by and the he name told of... me there's nothing he could, he can do. When I first yeah. went back to him uh, like a year ago in March, yeah. he said because uh, he wasn't, you know, was under different management. The new, the new owner of that is a man named Terry Taylor. Mm -hmm. uh, he, is, he owns that dealership and many other dealerships. If there's any way you could get a letter through to him, it's always good to go to the guy Hello? at the top. How do, you, how do you pronounce that last name? Taylor, T-A-I-L-O-R. First name, Terry. Oh, Taylor. Terry, T-E-R-R-Y. Okay. Terry Taylor. Terry Taylor. Okay. And he's not, uh, I don't believe he has a home in Palm Beach County. He may, uh, but... Uh, you can Google him. He owns. Uh, he's the largest owner of car dealerships in the United States. The only. It's not a public company. He privately owns uh, as many car dealerships as AutoNation, uh, and he's been in the business a long, long time. It would be almost impossible to get through to him directly. But sometimes, when you go to the top guy, somebody up there will take a look at it. You did the right thing with Nissan Finance. Uh, you can do a Google complaint. Google reviews are always a good way to get their attention. And there's also a, a complaint uh, avenue called Dealer Raider, D-E-A-L-E-R, Raider, R-A-T-E-R.com, DealerRaider.com. And, of course, uh, Yelp. Dealer Raider? Raider, R-A-T-E-R. 
E-R, okay. And there's also Yelp. You're familiar with that? Uh, Yelp, Y-E-L-P. You can go to all of those websites, tell the story exactly as you told us on the air. You've already spoken to 20,000 people. Now you can speak to another 200,000 people by putting up these ratings. And you've told me you've already done better business bureau. You'll file the complaint with the Attorney General, uh, the Florida County Office of Consumer Affairs, and you will be able to really spread the word. I mean, uh, uh, it's, you're not going to remedy your personal problem, but you're going to save a lot of people from being fooled the same way uh, they took advantage of you. And I'm terribly sorry what happened. Right. Thank uh, you so much for Con- calling Connie, the show. Uh, Connie is a first-time thank caller. Thank you so much for Yes, I As uh, a first-time so caller, I'd like to offer advice. you $50. I was hesitant about calling. Because I figured, ah, this is, you know, something different than talking about dealer's fees. But thank you. Connie, if you'd like, I can talk to you after the show, and uh, we can we can discuss this on a more personal level. Well, I'd have a whole lot more time. $50 for uh, Stay for on calling. the line and uh, give uh, John your contact information, and I'll get you that $50, and uh, we'll move forward. Thank you so very, very much. You don't know what this means to me. You're welcome. You're very welcome, Connie. I appreciate your phone call. Spread the word on us. Uh, We're going to go to uh, Stephen, who's calling from Jupiter. Hi, Stephen. Hi. How are you today? Uh, Good. How are you? Great. What can we do for you? Yeah, I'm the first time calling. I listened to the show a couple times, and um, I'm actually... Uh, I own a I own a moving company in Jupiter, and I uh, bought my first truck uh, a year ago uh, from Ford, and uh, I went brand new. So I, I spent a hundred thousand dollars on this truck. Wow! Uh, down at Auto Nation in Fort Lauderdale, which mm-hmm. has now turned over to to Greco, and uh, I've been running into a problem where um, I, I purchased. Ex- the uh, extended warranty, I, I paid a lot extra for warranty f- up to 250,000 miles in five years. And I've had to have some some work done on the truck. And Ford's telling me only Ford can work on the truck. And I've been to 10 different dealers that they've sent me to. Um, and when I get there, I'm too big for them to work on. And so um, kind of uh, kind of stuck in a predicament here where Ford's telling me that only Ford will work on it. But when I get there, they won't work on it. So how do I get these uh, these problems resolved? Um, as of yesterday, I called corporate. I've been dealing with a, a Ford dealer in Stewart, which has been a nightmare. Uh, he was the old warranty guy where I bought the truck. And uh, so I took it upon myself to uh, call corporate. And from what it sounds like, they're approving a local shop here in DeQuesta to do the work as an authorized warranty uh, shop for me great we'll see if that actually happens on on thursday great but uh if that doesn't i'm kind of just kind of trying to see what are my options at that point if that doesn't happen well i'll tell you the reason i love callers is this is a call we've never had uh it's uh extremely interesting and you just alerted a lot of folks out there that are you know commercial uh, have companies that buy unusual vehicles i mean hundred thousand dollar truck is a pretty big truck and uh, you never think about it till the time comes. Um, the size of a vehicle directly affects the ability to, for a dealer to repair. Uh, 
A lot of dealers don't have the lifts big enough to lift that truck. They don't have a ceiling high enough to accommodate the lift if it could lift the truck. So um, it's a question of heads up to all you folks out there buying big trucks. Uh, be sure you know where you can have them repaired if something happens. But I'm glad you had the, the intelligence to call Ford and uh, get that information. And how lucky can you be to get a company in Tequesta? Stu? I'm just uh, letting our caller know that I am, uh, Stephen, that I am texting a Ford dealer I know to see if he has any input. And we'll let you know if he if he gets back to me on the show. Fantastic. If not, we'll uh, bring it up next week. Yeah. Fantastic. Hey, Stephen, uh, what, uh, what model <coughs> did you say that was your truck? It, it's an F what? It's it. It's an F seven fifty. The seven fifty. Um, yeah. I'm, okay. I'm about forty. I'm forty foot long, and I, I need thirteen feet of clearance. Now, the, the, this place in Dequesta, they've already done the warranty work once. It literally took eight months to get them reimbursed. They're actually still waiting on one more check. Wow. Um, and they have been so uh, so accommodating and understanding, and they still want to work with me, which you know is embarrassing to even ask them to do an oil change when they haven't gotten paid by Ford yet. Um, but apparently that a payment has been approved. And um, as of yesterday, the person I spoke from corporate Ford said they are now going, they couldn't find a dealer anywhere in the state of Florida that would work on my truck. Mm-hmm. So they're going to make this place into Cuesta, which is five minutes from my house to be able to work on my truck. And uh, I, I'm blessed if that's actually going to be the case. On Thursday, if not, I'm kind of just uh, reaching out for some feelers on on what's my next step. Well, you keep I you, to, you, I guess, you, gen- you, you keep us, you keep us posted, Stephen, because this is a sad statement on the Ford Motor Company, and you've gone all the way to the top. Uh, I thought that you would. I thought you'd finally reached an intelligent Ford manufacturing person when they referred you to the uh, Tequesta uh, dealership. I mean, uh, repair facility, and then they won't pay them. So it's just a sad statement on the organization of the Ford Motor Company. Uh, the fact that they would allow a car to be sold in um, where did you buy it in Hollywood? Did you say? Yeah, I bought that Auto Nation Fort Lauderdale. And Fort I Lauderdale. Spoke yeah. to someone at Ford, he called me yesterday, I guess he runs, he's in charge of all Ford dealerships from Florida to Mm -hmm. Georgia, he he runs them all, and um, he told me that AutoNation should have never sold me that truck if they didn't have the ability to sell that truck. Well, that's a much so, of, that's a bunch of nonsense because Ford should have never shipped them the truck. Uh, Automation right. can't sell something unless Ford ships it, and I assure you, they knew they were shipping it to Florida, yeah. and they should have known that they didn't have any repair facilities in Florida. So, I believe that Ford has violated a franchise law, yeah. and I believe that there are restrictions against manufacturers selling vehicles that cannot be repaired in the state that yeah, they sold the vehicle. We can't sell a hydrogen fuel cell Toyota yeah. because we don't have the ability to repair it. This might even be a violation of federal law, so you might want to have a little fun and write a certified letter to Ford and telling them that they are in violation. You could check maybe with a, an attorney. I hate to tell you to do that because they'll charge you, but... Uh, I might do a little research for you on that and see if I can't uh, get back to you and let you know. I believe it's a violation, at least the state law, maybe federal law, for manufacturers to sell vehicles that can't be repaired. Yeah. Stephen, we have your cell phone number, right? You texted Earl during the show a few minutes ago. 
Yes, sir. Okay, good. So we, we'll, we know. We'll get we'll get back with you, and uh, we'll have a little fun with this. I'd like to see Ford tap dancing in Detroit uh, because they're breaking federal laws, and then they're lying to their customers, telling you that the Auto Nation Ford dealer in Fort Lauderdale should have never sold the truck. What's he going to do with the truck? He bought it from Ford. He's got it, and now they're telling him he can't sell the truck. Uh, they should have never sold the truck. They sold it to him. So thanks for a very interesting question, Stephen. Keep us posted. And uh, you're a very well-informed consumer. I, I love the way you handle this, and you're a real gentleman too. Because if 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 I were in your shoes, I wouldn't be as polite as you being so far. It's 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 been frustrating to say the least. But uh, yesterday's phone call with with corporate made me feel a little better. Yeah. We'll see how we'll see what happens Thursday Sounds if they good. actually allow the work to be done. Thank you, Stephen. Great call, yeah. and uh, we'll, we'll keep you posted. We'll, we'll help you out as much as we can, Thank you, uh, Stephen. Thank you for the phone call. Um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know, I can't stress this enough, but to ignore the female market uh, or any potential customer is business suicide. <laughs> I mean, I can't say it any plainer than that. Uh, be part of the show and uh, help us put the truth out there and uh, open up a few of the auto dealers' eyes 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 we're going to go to another female caller and that's gloria that's calling us from west palm beach good morning gloria morning everyone how's everyone doing very well great how can we help you well, what I've got is we've got, and I know this is an old car. It is a 2000 Ford um, Escape, uh-huh. and it does have uh, it does have uh, a lot of miles on over a hundred thousand. And we did take it to the Ford dealership. Um, it's been cutting off. Uh, we put we went up one grade which is uh, I believe is 89 to put into the car. It's a good running car. Ford did repair it, but it just cuts off. All of a sudden, it just cuts off. We could go down the road, and it's just cutting cutting off. We put it in neutral. Of course, it you know, goes, uh, catches up, and it goes again. Um, my question to you is, I know that earlier a caller, uh, there was a website or a phone number that I could call. Perhaps somebody else has had this problem uh, with these Ford, this Ford Escape, uh, 2005. Is there, yeah, one of our callers, Tina, um, recommends that you, you just do a Google search and you'll find a forum pretty much for any car that's ever been made. So there would be a forum for people that own the same model and they will discuss problems that they've had. Uh, and it's a good source of finding out if there's a common, if there's a pattern with a vehicle. Yeah, Gloria, just go to Google and type in just what you told us. Type in to the Google, um, browser or Google, whatever you want to call it, uh, 2004 Escape uh, stick shift or manual transmission cuts off suddenly when driving. Well, that's all you'd have to do. Just uh, give the exact year, make, model, vehicle, and the fact it's a manual transmission, and just say engine cuts off when driving. And you will be amazed that there will probably be dozens of people that have the similar problem. Okay. It might give you some insight, but while uh, while we're here and you've got Rick, uh, who has probably already done this as we speak, uh, Rick, did you find anything out about that particular symptom? Well, the first thing that I'm looking at right now is the safercar.gov. 
I just wanted to see if there were any recalls listed, and they do not show any recalls for a 2004 Escape. Um, the next site I'm going to be checking here is carcomplaints.com, which is a wonderful site because they have huge amounts of information. Give me just a quick okay. second here to pull this up, but they're another one that kind of like the forum sites, but they they don't get <clears throat> excuse me they don't get as far into um, shall we say all sorts of oddball things. They're more here are what people have seen as direct problems. So you'll you'll see less okay. in the way of conversation there, and a whole lot more information just based on this is what we've had for what we've seen for problems. Let me just get this to pull okay. up here. Rick, just uh, pretend like you were diagnosing this with knowing nothing more. What are some of the things, briefly, that uh, you would identify as something that you might want to check out? The first thing I'd be looking at are electrical issues. Mm -hmm. uh, anything to do with the electronics for the engine, the computer controls. Uh, a car stalling out like that suddenly while it's been driving. I, I'd try to get as much information as I could about when it occurs what the vehicle temperature was, the outside temperatures, things like that will have a, a big effect. And obviously one of the first things I'm looking for are conditions like, is there maybe water leaking into the car, getting into the electronics? Like, so, you know, you go through a rainstorm, mm -hmm. and then suddenly that's when it starts occurring most often. That would be a real big indicator for me. Gloria, after the car cuts off, uh, does it uh, restart after a certain period of time? How long does it take before you can start it again? Well, the thing of it is, when it does cut off, it cuts right back on. Oh. You just go on down the road. Okay, so, so it's just like a, I don't know, fuel injection thing. It, it mm -hmm. cuts off. You could be driving it, and with Ford, of course, you know, you could just put it in neutral and cut it on and keep going. I see. And it, we can't even pinpoint it. Uh -huh. It just happens all of a sudden. Sometimes first thing in the morning, sometimes when it's driving already warmed up, it just cuts off. Well, um, I think uh, if you if you uh, Google that, see what you can find. Uh, Rick is going to Rick will work on that, and uh, uh, if you leave, uh, you're going to leave your number with us because we're going to give you 50 bucks as a female caller. We stretched it to three uh, because we love female callers. We'll have your contact information, and uh, Rick Kearney will get back to you, and we will tell you what we find out. We'll give you our best diagnosis and advice, but uh, we can't spend a whole lot of time right now. We've got to get to our mystery shopping report coming up, but I promise you we'll send you a check for 50 bucks, and Rick Kearney will call you with his diagnosis of your problem. Okay, thank you so much. I enjoy your show. Thank, thank you, Gloria. And by leaving your number, I can give you a call this afternoon. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. Remember, we do have a mystery shopping report coming on coming up shortly. You can also still text us at 772-497-6530. And thank you, Frank, for holding. And Frank's one of our regular callers from Jupiter Farms. Good morning, Frank. How are you? Morning, Frank. Okay, well, uh, we're uh, trying to connect uh, with Frank. Uh, I have a uh, text. Uh, do you have any? Uh, no, go ahead. Okay. Uh, this concerns a smell in uh, a young lady's car. Uh, we got Frank on the line. Car, Frank's and back. I will get back 
to that question, Mary, and uh, we're going to stop for a moment because we have Frank back on the line from Jupiter Farms. Good morning, Frank. Well, good morning, Mr. and Mrs. Stewart. It's always a pleasure speaking to you guys. Thank you. I, I don't think I don't think I reached the status of Tina yet, but um, I'm <laughs> You're getting there. far behind. <laughs> we got two things for you. Um, one, earlier in your show, one of your callers called about the vehicle service department vehicle notification alert for personal confidential immediate response requested because your coverage may not be still good on your car and it's amazing this just came in yesterday's mail so we had just opened it last night and it's for that 2018 ford pickup truck we bought one week ago <laughs> up at palm bay oh. Uh, Frank, Frank, we get calls from customers all the time. It's just like that. They bought a car one, two months, uh, one or two months ago, and they call screaming that we sold them a, bad, a car with a bad warranty. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's a scam. Relax. So, yeah, it's crazy. Well, I, this must be the record. Less than one week. Yeah. yeah. It is. <laughs> but on a more personal note, and one of your really hot buttons, um, yesterday we did stop by up in um, St. Lucie where my son lives. And I told him, look, we got another one of these NHTSA um, recalls about your 2008 Honda Record about the talk, the car, the airbag inflator. And so my daughter-in-law said, oh, no, we took it to the Honda dealer months ago, months ago. In fact, it was your show that got us involved. And they had like three Hondas that were all bad, supposedly. And um, they said, oh, yeah, no, no problem. So I said, let me go online. Thanks again to your show, safergov.safercar.gov. I typed in their VIN number. I just happened to have that because um, I have their VIN number here. And it shows, yes, two recalls are still incomplete. Um, now, my question to you, since SaferGov, would that be something that maybe the dealer just decided to shuffle it or maybe she misunderstood or they really didn't do anything? How's the best way to find out if we really do have an open thing on, on this Honda 2008 Honda Accord? That's possible, Frank, of course. Uh, I think what's probably more likely is dealers sometimes are really sloppy about their paperwork, and uh, the repair is actually done, and the paperwork is called a repair order. And there's several copies, and there has to be input into a computer. Uh, when it gets input to the computer, then the manufacturer has it in their computer, and that's where NHTSA gathers their information. So if the dealer isn't prompt on his paperwork, he can fix the car, do the um, actual recall work, and the car is safe and it's been done, but nobody knows about it because the repair order is hidden in a service manager's desk or a service advisor's desk, or maybe it just got thrown in the trash can. A lot of times, uh, manufacturers will audit dealers because... Uh, of various reasons, they'll yeah. find missing repair orders. So that's one of the things that makes this whole recall thing so dangerous to the buyer. There isn't a totally accurate way of being absolutely certain that a car is safe. If the dealer uh, repaired the car, it's absolutely safe. But if the manufacturer didn't tell NHTSA, you'll never know about it. And of course, CarMax and AutoCheck, they don't know about it either. So it's kind of a crapshoot. Uh, for the buyer, and it's a, a sad situation. Uh, I would go back to the dealer, and I would say, listen, uh, you're telling me you repaired the car, 
and it doesn't show up at NHTSA. What's the deal? Uh, Looked up in the fact that they probably forgot to submit the repair order to the manufacturer. Of course, that means they're not getting paid for the repair, which is silly. It's costing them money, and it's got to be uh, real aggravating to you. But uh, I would call the dealer back just to be sure. Rick has his hand up. We've actually seen a, a couple instances now that this has occurred where when the dealership, the, the service department, was filing the paperwork on a recall, they put in the wrong number for the operation code or put some wrong information in on the paperwork, transposed a number or something, yeah. and that recall never got closed out. Yeah. And we've had to really jump through some hoops to get some of those straightened out on that. Sure, VIN so numbers are 17 digits. Uh, you can imagine you have an in, a human being. Uh, they sh- all this should be scanned or uh, digitalized, but it's not. It involves human beings that are writing out VIN numbers sometimes, and uh, a transposition or some little thing can completely kick a repair with a record of a repair out of the system. But, Frank, uh, that's another great call because it's something we hadn't thought about. It clearly is happening probably thousands of times where repairs are completed and nobody knows about it. Uh, very interesting, and thanks for that uh, information. Yeah, one other thing when I was on that um, typing in the VIN number, I, did, I couldn't tell if it was a zero or an O. Yeah. And so I tried the O, and it came out said incorrect as soon as I got rid of the O to a zero. Yeah. So it's a pretty cool computer when you type the stuff in. Like you said, there's a lot of digits. So. It is. There ought to be a better way. I The VIN number itself, to me, is a dinosaur. There's got to be a better way to identify vehicles. Rick well, has a point. Uh, VIN numbers, by, by federal law, they don't use O. It's always zero. So O is O. You will never see an O, the letter O, on a VIN number. You know that, but nobody else does. Is a problem. Yeah. So, so that's, uh, to me, yeah, uh, that's to me, an, an O is zero. Matter of fact, when I give out a phone number, I say, you know, three five seven O O O O. I mean, yep. It's uh, it's just O and zero, and it's a fallacy in the system. Uh, as a matter of fact, the way to solve that is to have the computer accept an O or a zero, and that way it would solve a huge Eight number of problems okay frank um, well again th- thank you guys so very, very much thank for you. many things including the big dog rescue ranch oh you're so welcome and frank thanks for, for being a big part of the show and an important part of the show we look forward to hearing from you again uh that number is 877-960-9960 and you can text us at 772-497-6530 matthew has been holding from north palm beach good morning matthew Hey, good morning. Hi. How can we help Hi you? Hi there. I I am the owner of a 2011 Toyota Prius, and I've noticed uh, I'm burning some oil. It's got high mileage. I'm at about 185000 and just was uh, looking for some advice about how to proceed with service. How much oil is it burning, Matthew? Have you measured it? Yeah, you know, I just stopped in uh, to the service place, and, you know, about every thousand, I'm going about a quart. Okay, that'll give Rick something to go on. Rick, what do you say? I'm actually rather familiar with this situation. Um, This is something that our service department has actually kind of begun a, shall we call it, a a grassroots battle. Uh, There's been a few different Toyota models that have gone under what's called an extended warranty by the factory 
because they've been burning excessive oil. Prius was not included in that. However, we've come to find out that the, the factory recommended service maintenance on it is a synthetic oil change every 10,000 miles. The problem is these cars only hold four and a half quarts of oil and Toyota says they're allowed by their definition of using oil, they're allowed to burn up to a quart of oil per thousand miles and that's not considered excessive by Toyota. I consider that very excessive, especially on too. what should be a very quality car. I do too. And so we're actually battling that. Every time we see a car come in that's using oil like that, we're we're using the same test that they have us do on those other cars, and we're sending this information to Toyota, and we're screaming and yelling at them, saying, hey, these cars have an issue. You need to do something and get this extended warranty out to cover the Priuses. So the best thing I can recommend is uh, do an oil change, have an oil change done, check the level of the oil on the dipstick, and then after a 1,000 miles, check it again. And if it's used more than one quart of oil, I would be on that 800 Toyota number, and I would be at a dealership well, better, saying, better, let me interrupt. help me. Let me interrupt. Better than that, do it with the dealership because they're going to have to measure it again because they're not going to take your word for it. So, unfortunately, yep. the factory requires us to do that, Toyota. So, bring it in to uh, our dealership or to another Toyota dealership. Tell them what you want to do. And as Rick said, do the oil change. Uh, put in the prescribed amount of oil, and then they will make a notation of that and then 1,000 miles from the time you're there come back in again and get it the amount of oil that it burned that way it will be on record with the dealer which will be on record with Toyota and uh, we'll we'll kind of be sure that it burns a little bit more than one quart in a thousand miles well we're, we're going to be honest about it that's yeah. one thing we have to do everything has to be above board and honest yeah. on it if it's however close, if it's close to a th- if it's close to burning a quart in a thousand uh, miles I have a hunch it's going to burn a little bit more than yeah. a quart and of course the other the other thing is we'll be doing what's called a dealer product report which is an official report that we send that goes straight to the yeah. factory to say there's an issue here. We need to get this and the, solved. The reason I'm saying what I'm saying, which is, sounds kind of outrageous for a car dealer, auto, a Toyota dealer, to say with manufacturer folks listening that we're going to be sure it burns a little more than a quart if it's close to a quart, is because it's absolutely ludicrous that Toyota should build a product, or any manufacturer should build a product that burns a quart of oil every thousand miles. That is way too much oil to burn. And the tolerances they set for that engine, we have other Toyotas or Priuses that will go what, five thousand, ten thousand miles and not burn a quart. Uh, I think they ought to be able to go ten thousand miles oh. without burning a oh. drop. Okay, so we have we there's uh, there are other Priuses out there, and that it's just a question of. Ten priests come off the same assembly line. One of them burns a quart every thousand. The other one burns a quart every ten thousand. That doesn't make sense. There's something wrong with the manufacturer. It should be corrected. So, uh, I don't think. Uh, I, I think you you uh, have got a legitimate gripe, and we're going to take care of it for you. Yeah, you know, honestly, I bring my car to you guys every five thousand. Yeah. Change the oil. Yeah. But you're, uh, you're right. You know. Should not one be burning. Time I, uh, one time I was driving and made a hard break, and the uh, low oil light came on, and I checked it, 
and it was it was down there pretty far, and that's when I started yeah. you know, checking every morning now. But uh, that's what makes it so yeah. outrageous. I, I wouldn't be able to make the ten thousand. Let me tell you. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, a lot of people don't know the side of oil light, and if the recommendation by the manufacturer is to change your oil every ten thousand miles, the uh, the crankcase will only hold hold four quarts, and you're driving uh, and you're burning a quart every uh, every thousand miles. That's a recipe for disaster. That's a recipe for burning your engine out. And Toyota's putting those cars out on the road. They should not be doing it. And if they do do it, they need to step up to the plate and to, and accept full responsibility for doing it. So. Uh, great call. I hope uh, Toyota Manufacturing folks are listening, and I hope they get the message. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much, Matthew. Stay in touch. 877-960-9960-772-497-6530 is the text number. Uh, <clears throat> do you have uh, text, or you want to go I think to the mystery got, I think we've got report. a text. Let's try to get to a text before we get to the mystery shopping report. Stu's pulling it up That's on the right. line now. <coughs> we got it. This is from Johnny in Riviera Beach. Uh, he says, I found out that you can get a really good used car if you go to a senior citizen's community like Century Village and look on their community bulletin board. You'll see cars for sale because the owners can no longer drive for health reasons. Some of these cars have very low miles, and the prices can be reasonable because the owner just wants to get rid of the car they can no longer drive. I suggest someone check that out before they go to the crooks at those buy-here, pay-here lots. Hmm. Great advice. That's I a love fantastic idea. I yeah. love these calls. The problem is wow. all the car dealers heard that, <laughs> and so they're going to be trying to buy these cars uh, and put them on their used car lot. But that's a great suggestion. Uh, Century Village uh, Bulletin Board or... Yeah, like any retirement website. community, maybe Paseos yeah. or if you're allowed to get on the property, some mm-hmm. of these are gated. I don't yes. know if you're able to get I in. would say most of them are yeah. gated. You may have to f- you may have to find someone that lives there and uh, make friends with them. Say, hey, you know, yeah. can I come in and get to your bulletin board to look for a car? Yeah, okay. and, and I'll, it, it is a good idea, but I do want to caution that, you know, senior citizens are routinely taken advantage of and abused, so... Let's be careful there <laughs> before you go buying the cars from senior citizens. So. Great advice, too. Yeah. Uh, well, a senior I citizen, buy it from another senior <laughs> citizen. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we have one more text that just came in as we were reading that one. Great. Okay, this is from John. He says, hi, folks. I own a 2010 Infiniti G37. My owner's manual calls for 5.3 quarts of oil. I recently had the oil changed, and the shop added the standard 5 quarts of oil. Now, my warning, my warning light say, stays on saying oil levels are low. Is it okay to disregard the warning, or should I add the additional one-third quart? Do you know why manufacturers don't just make it easy by making making it an even number of oil? Thanks. It doesn't make sense to <laughs> me that the uh, oral warning light would go off because you only put in five quarts instead of 5.3. Rick? The first thing I'd be doing is pulling the dipstick to make sure that the oil level is in that safe range. That... I, I know those those sensors on the cars, hey, maybe it's got a bad sensor or starting to go a little funny, a little resistance in the wiring. That good old mechanical dipstick is the best way to tell what your oil level is. And I totally agree with him. It's insane that oil, the fluid capacities of these cars, instead of being a simple four quarts, four and a half, five, five and a half, whatever... It's 4.3, 4.4, 5.7, 7.9. 
Come on, folks. What really? If you don't, what if you don't have a bulk oil dispenser? What if you have to do quarts? So now you have to take one quart and just put in three-tenths. You right. can't do it. It's, it's insane trying to calculate that. Mm-hmm. I have uh, one more uh, text that's really important. Maria has been waiting for an answer. Um, unfortunately, her trunk smells musty. Uh, it was left open Tell during her to stay a out terrible of the rainstorm, and uh, she oh. has tried the anti uh, solution, the mildew solution, and several other things. Uh, Maria, I'm not sure whether I, in your text you didn't tell me whether you emptied the trunk or not, but that would be the first thing that I would do. Whatever was in that trunk whenever it rained and the trunk was open, get rid of everything in that trunk, replace the carpet. And uh, Rick, do you have something to add to that? She said it's really unpleasant. Yeah, you're going to have to just scrub everything out, get some damp right in there, and Febreze because that, that musty smell is going to get into all the fabric sections in there. Uh, Febreze is some great stuff for it. And damp rid to get rid of all that moisture. Great You've got to get the moisture out of there. Great advice, Maria. Uh, we are going to go to the Mystery Shopping Report. And uh, that is coming up right now. Okay, we have um, three Mystery Shopping Reports. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to uh, do justice to two of those. But I'm going to talk about them because we have a whole new avenue of mystery shopping reports. Very exciting. Uh, We have an anonymous feedback uh, uh, commentator uh, from North Carolina. South Carolina, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, South Carolina anonymous. He calls himself a remote mystery shopper. He sent me two shopping reports, uh, one from a Honda dealer and one from a, uh, a Toyota dealer. Uh, they're very detailed, very informed. He's obviously uh, very familiar with the automobile retail business, might even be in the business. Uh, we know he listens to the show. So the thought has occurred to me, wouldn't it be wonderful if we had remote agents all over the United States? Yeah. And why limit that that? Why maybe all over the world? So anonymous feedback, if you will write this down, youranonymousfeedback.com. If you go to that website, you can speak to us anonymously, and it goes through a um, high-secure, high-tech, your anonymity. Encrypted. Anonymity. It's NSA level. That's the word I was looking for. I mean, this is like spy stuff. Nobody can ever find out your identity. Big blue chip companies like Adobe and, and uh, Tesla. Tesla all use this for information from their customers and employees. So, www.youranonymous, A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S, anonymous. Feedback.com. Feedback. Not really easy to spell anonymous quickly. I can spell it yeah. very slowly. Yeah. <laughs> your anonymousfeedback.com. So shop some car dealership in your neck of the world, uh, wherever it may be. You can do a telephone shop or a walk-in shop. If you listen to our mystery shopping report, you know how we do it. And uh, let us have it. Now, we'll have to... Be a little bit careful about these because these are anonymous reports, and we could uh, we could possibly be victimized because let's say a Toyota salesman wants to attack his competitor, he could do a, a phony shop and say some 
uh, incorrect things about his competition, sure. and we would be forced into realizing it. So we're going to use a little bit of... Uh, In our mystery shops, we certify these are 100% accurate. Uh, yes. We can't vouch for the accuracy of our call-ins. Yeah, right. exactly. Our anonymous... Our, re our mystery shopping reports are done by us. We name ourselves. We name the shopping target. And if we do something wrong, we're, we're subject to lawsuit, libel, slander. We're guilty if we say a bad thing that's not correct, not the truth. They can come after us in 10 years. Doesn't We've never had a lawsuit. These anonymous mystery shopping reports, and we encourage you to do it. We're not saying we don't want to do it. I can tell you from looking at these two, they appear to be legitimate. Uh, they're on a... South Carolina breakaway Honda uh, in Greenville, South Carolina. And the other one is on a Toyota of Greer. Now, to summarize, these were done by phone and actually going in the dealership. Both of these shopping reports of uh, breakaway Honda and a Toyota of Greer in South Carolina were good. They were good shopping reports. They weren't perfect. Uh, there was a little bit of uh, non-imperfections, but as we do on our own mystery shopping reports, we grade on the curve. We don't have perfect reports. We have uh, good reports and we have less good. We put the less good on our do not buy and our better on please buy from this dealer or recommended that you buy from this dealer. So uh, thank you, anonymous caller, for uh, sending in these two. Sorry I can't go into it in detail. Keep the reports coming. When we have more time, we'll do more detail. But I thank you very much for the two mystery shopping reports. Now, youranonymousfeedback.com. Remember that. Yes. You can help us solve a lot of problems and share your ideas with us. Youranonymousfeedback.com. A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Okay, we mystery shopped Wallace Hyundai. Mystery shop of Wallace Hyundai. Uh, you know, we've uh, had twice as many car dealers on the good dealer list is bad. I didn't know that, and Stu wrote this report, and I thank him for putting that in there. I had no idea. Twice as many. Mm -hmm. So we're not out there to assassinate car dealers. Yeah, 40 uh, recommended, 20 not recommended. Exactly. So we're trying to find dealers that you can do business with. Um, it's encouraging to me. I think it used to be a much poorer ratio. I think car dealers are getting a little better. Mm-hmm. Of course, as I've said many times on this show, we do great on the curve. Uh, so you might say that the dealers on the recommended list are the best of the worst. Uh, and the ones on the do not buy are the worst of the best, however you want to put worst it. Worst of the worst. <laughs> yeah, worst of the worst. We have uh, remarked that the Napleton group of dealerships appear on the do not recommend list more frequently than any other dealership. Six Napleton stores are on the bad dealer list. For shame. Yeah, they're bad. But we haven't acknowledged the dealer who appears most often on the recommended list, the Wallace Auto Group. That's right. Every, this is really impressive, every Wallace dealership, and we've shopped all of them, have earned their place on the recommended dealer list, all of them. Hopefully Bill Wallace is listening. We, in, we invited him to listen. And in full disclosure, I won't say I'm friends with Bill Wallace. I'm Facebook friends with Bill Wallace. I've known him for many years. I respect him. Uh, he's a very honest, uh, good business person, a great car dealer. Uh, but he's got a lot of car dealerships, and they're not all perfect. Uh, I've only got one car dealership, and it's not perfect either. Uh, even, this is an impressive part, uh, Bill Wallace owns a buy-here-pay-here lot in the Stewart Easy Pay 
letter E and Z, easy pay cars, buy here, pay here, they passed with flying colors. Uh, they got onto the recommended list when Agent X tried to buy a 2009 Honda CRV with a passenger side Takata airbag recall. When the Carfax report was reviewed with a salesman, uh, manager and the finance guy, the, the one guy on the lot wore many hats. He did it all. He kind of ran the whole store there. Uh, the sale was stopped immediately at Easy Pay Cars, owned by Bill Wallace, and the vehicle was sent to a Honda dealer to have the recall fixed before they would proceed. They wouldn't sell the car until they fixed it. Many now, hats kudos. off to them. Amazing. Many yeah. hats off. That's, that's yeah. impressive. Another fact that made us feel good about the Walls Group back in July was that we couldn't find any Takata any Takata cars with a recall in any of his inventories. Speaks highly. That means he's, you know, he's uh, purging these, getting rid of them, auctioning them off. They were clean, and the one Takata car we found on their buy here pay here, as I said, uh, when they discovered it, they wouldn't sell the car. We said we would return, and we did this week. We searched all of Wallace Auto Group's used cars and inventories, and we eventually found one Takata-affected car, 2013 Toyota Corolla with 79,000 miles, listed for sale at Wallace Hyundai for $9,749. Carfax, NHTSA, and Toyota all confirmed the existence of a Toyota-side Takata airbag. Rick's got his hand up. Just one quick note. I can say from experience and with 100% certainty, that that airbag is readily available at all Toyota dealerships, and it can be done within a couple hours' time. Thank you. A fix is available for this defect, but Wallace hasn't taken care of it yet, according to our three trustworthy sources. We sent Agent X to investigate. Uh, speaking of the first person, is this why we're Agent X? I called ahead to make sure the 2013 Corolla was available. I spoke to a salesperson named Jenny, who was very friendly, but wasn't sure if the car was even there. He said it may have just come in. I said it was listed on their website, but they had only a stock photo, not an actual picture of the car. Jimmy said that probably meant it just came in and was likely in the service department getting prepped for sale. He said the service department was closed, but he'd check in the morning and call me. I was disappointed, but agreed, hung up the phone. Just after 9 the next morning, Jimmy called. The Corolla was in the service department, and it would be ready to show at 12.30. I asked him if he could hold it for me until 1.30. He said, sure. I was a little late, 1.45, pulled in. I was greeted by a woman in a red shirt holding a clipboard. I said I was there to see Jimmy and asked her if she was a salesperson. She said, no, they just pay me to set the salespeople up. Need to improve that introduction, Bill, if you're listening. That delivery needs I to know. be. I yeah. <laughs> know. We're just kidding. Uh, this is a, that's just a minor yes, issue. Let's not pick on And I only said it because I think Bill Wallace is probably listening. Uh, the woman walked in to, into the small showroom to find Jimmy in an office speaking with someone on the phone. I waited at the door for a few seconds before he put his phone down and jumped up to greet me. He had the keys ready and led me out. Jimmy talked and opened the doors, hood and trunk as I walked around inspecting the Corolla. The vehicle was in good shape with new tires, but there was an area of paint on the hood that looked worn from sun and age. Jimmy was very nice, did a great job describing the features of the car. I asked him about uh, what they addressed this morning in the shop. I asked if they had any mechanical problems were uncovered during their inspection. He said it passed with flying colors. 
Uh, how about any accidents, I asked. Jimmy said he already looked over the Carfax report, and there were no accident re reports on it. <clears throat> this is a little worrisome because the Carfax report had the information about the recall. Uh, but these Carfaxes uh, reports, to be uh, fair, can be multiple pages. You can have a 5-10 page Carfax report, and that's a lot of text. Plus they have a big summary at the top, and yeah. kind of like the accents jump out at you more than anything yeah. else. So you have to read the report carefully if you're going to get all the information. Jimmy asked me if I wanted to drive it. I said, let's go. On the right, I asked him about the patch of bad paint on the hood. I wanted to know if they would fix that for me. Jimmy said the price was actually eleven nine ninety nine, but they discounted it to nine seven forty nine in consideration of that. He had no room at that price for any cosmetic repair. He said if I really wanted it fixed, he would arrange to have it done for me at their cost, but I'd have to pay for it. I said, I'll consider that. We returned to the dealership, sat at the desk. Right away, Jimmy asked me for a deposit, asked me to sign a document committing to buy it for $9,749. I pulled up Kelly Blue Book on my phone, showed them the fair market value was only $7,246. He said all markets were different, all used cars were unique, Kelly Blue Book was just a guide, blah, blah, blah. I moved on. Those were Stu's exact right. words. Blah, I blah, got blah. tired of writing the exactly. same the same response we always get. <laughs> and to some extent, Jimmy was right. Yeah. Uh, the Kelly Blue Book is only a guide, okay. and they offer, they're just an approxim approximation. But uh, he may have been exaggerating in either direction. You don't know. I picked up the worksheet, reviewed the numbers. The sale price was 9749 They added $129 in taxable fees. Uh, that's interesting. We haven't seen that before. Uh, it's a disclosure, as we talked about earlier on the show. Taxable fees are not government fees. And if they're non-government fees, they are dealer fees. So there's a $129 fee known as taxable fees, which by any other name would be a dealer fee. And that's what it is. He also has a $699 dock fee, and that's also a dealer fee. So the dealer fee at Bill Wall Sunday is $828. I picked up the worksheet, reviewed the numbers. The sale price was 9749 They added $129 in taxable fees plus the $699 dock fee. And as I said, that added $828, the dealer fee total. It made the total $11,699. Jimmy asked if I was ready to sign. I brought up the paint again. I didn't want to pay the paint to Hood. I reminded him about the Kelly value. He said he'd check and left. He was back soon. And so they would take care of the hood if I bought it right now. Typical sales tactic. Uh, not uncommon. Not unethical. Just sales. I said I can't buy it right now because I have to have my wife's blessings. Jimmy immediately replied that he could extend the paint deal until Tuesday. Right. Right now. Jimmy's fast on his feet. <coughs> I like that. I, I said that would be enough time, thanked him, and left. Uh, bottom line, epilogue, you win some, you lose some, and so does the Wallace Auto Group. Like dealerships, we've shopped inconsistency in the defining character is the defining characteristic. Every car dealership is different for a lot of reasons. Uh, different dealership, different salespeople, different managers, different general managers, different time of day, no consistency. They're not McDonald's. You go into one McDonald's, a Big Mac, you go into another one, it's still a Big Mac. Yep. You go to car dealerships. Starbucks. They're they all got there. it down, yeah. Exactly. Uh, we're going to vote on this. And uh, 
Let's see what the votes are, Stu. I kind of want to taint everybody else's influence, everybody else's vote, because I like Wallace Auto Group and I like Bill Wallace. Yeah. And you mentioned this earlier. If a repair order that shows that the repair was done in that car is sitting in the service manager's desk, no one knows about it. Yeah. So they very well could have done the repair and it yeah. didn't show up on the Carfax report. And to further taint it, and I'm not sucking up to Bill Wallace. <laughs> Trust me. But he paid us well this morning. Uh, no. This ha- this is the current automotive news. And this uh fine looking gentleman here is Bill Wallace. And Bill Wallace it was uh was featured in the automotive news uh as one of a, a group of uh, very competent, uh, very, very positive, good dealers that were able to go through the worst of the Great Recession. Mm-hmm. And Bill Wallace did in flying colors. Yeah, he did. And uh, so uh, in many cases, we have dealers that are really good men, that are honest men, ethical men, but they have dealerships that don't uh, do a good job. And we put them on the do not recommend list. So just because Bill Wallace is a fine man does not mean that we have to put Walls Hyundai and Stewart on the recommended list. We'll, we'll be objective yeah. about it. My grade is a B minus, and uh, I'm considering this a fluke. Okay. Uh, B minus. B minus. Nancy, uh, we'll let you go next. Um, as Stu said, they have moved over to the dark side of the good dealer, bad dealer list. And um, the mystery shopping report, I would grade it as a C. C. Rick, what do you think? I'm I'm going to go with a C as well, only because it is such an important recall. But again, I I agree with Stu. I think it was a fluke. It just came I out say, of the shop. I say we the keep them on the good list. But it, it, now this particular dealership is this a Bill Wallace Toyota dealership? No, but they would have had to so send it over to right. They would have had yeah, to find it and send it over to another yeah. spot to have it done. But I'm going to call it a fluke. I'm going to give them a C. Little low just because of that, but I'm going to say keep them on the good list because yeah. I I think Wallace has got a a good reputation, and one little one minor little issue should not destroy a reputation. Yeah, uh, I'm going to give him a B, and uh, I mean I was going to give him a lower grade until Stu reminded me of the fact that the repair had just been done. And so that's why <coughs> the repair wasn't on the Carfax, AutoCheck, uh, NHTSA. It takes some time. Yeah, it takes it. So uh, anyway, uh, the fact, and the other thing is the fact that we chopped easy pay, uh, buy here, pay here, which are the lots are typically the worst and victimize the buyers the They're most. They're making an effort for sure. And they were so honest. And we look all the time at all the dealer inventories, and we virtually never see a Takai airbag in the inventory of a Wallace dealership. So I did I, the B minus. I detected a little flim flam in the salesman thing. Yeah. Nothing too bad, but a little, a yeah. little too. Uh, so. Uh, uh, we recommend them. We go on the risk. And I want to remind everybody, uh, it's quite an honor for Bill Wallace. Uh, he has eight dealerships. Something like that, yeah. And, and all of them are on the recommended list. They're all in the Stewart, Martin County That's area. Amazing. Uh, I'm going to say to all you folks in Martin County, and for that matter, St. Lucie County, and in northern Palm Beach County, check out Bill Wallace if he has one of your franchises. Uh, help me a little bit on this. He's got Hyundai, Nissan, He's got Chrysler, 
He's got easy pay. Uh, easy pay by your bear. Mm. Uh, he doesn't have a Honda or he Toyota. Has, he's got a. Does he have a Ford? Chrysler Dodge Jeep, I believe. Um, he has Ford, doesn't he? You're, you're putting me on the spot. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, if, we'll look on this later. But if uh, the Wallace dealerships, because, and the reason I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to uh, push Bill Wallace and recommend it so much as I'm trying to give some place for you to look for cars if you can't find it on the Steeler. And Wallace, just remember the name Wallace if you live in North Palm Beach County, Martin mi- County. Yeah. Uh, I think we've run out That's of time. That's our mystery shop report from Wallace Hyundai. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us here at Earl Stewart on Cars. Have a wonderful Saturday, and we will talk next week.